Hello and welcome to Case Reopen, your number one Detective Ken rewatch podcast. I'm your host, Tyler Treese, and joining me as always is the one, the only, Colleen. How are you doing on this fine day? I'm doing fantastic. It's been such a good day. I got my replacement cable for my iPad, so life is good. What happened to the first cable? Did your dog chew it? No. <laughs> my dog is perfectly innocent in the cable escapades. Um, No, it uh, it's really old. It's a couple, a few years old, actually, and it just frayed at the end. So I've been using it probably longer than I'm supposed to, and I even like put tape around it, thinking, oh, I'm sure it'll be fine, and then one day it just stopped charging. So... I ordered a new one, and it took like a month to get here, because I ordered it from your lovely country, so yeah, there's a bit of a delay right now. It is a lovely country, uh, so we have a two-part <laughs> episode today, the Mysterious Sniper Murder Case, this is episodes 124 and 125 of the anime, the first part aired November 16th, 1998. Do you remember much of this case? Because, uh, you know, a two-parter, especially... Very early on in the series, we haven't had like too many two parter. They're starting to ramp up though. But this is an anime original two parter. Do you have any vivid memories of this case? So it's funny that you mentioned that because although the the title is super memorable, it's not generic at all. The mysterious sniper case. But it's funny you mentioned whether I remember it or not. Uh, this episode does sort of hold a special place in my heart only because. It was around this time last year that I watched this episode for the first time as part of my reintroduction to Conan, because I had stopped when the dub stopped, and I'm pretty sure that the last episode we covered was the last dubbed episode, so this would have been the first uh, sub only, and I was like, I'm not going to watch that, and uh, yeah, it was last year that I guess I would have watched this one because it's the next one that's not dubbed and uh yeah so this is what got me back into conan again and it was about around this time last year so yeah i, I do remember it vaguely i couldn't recall all the details but i knew there were a few twists and turns oh wow so the dub ends the last episode recovered the beeper case wow that's i'm a... pretty sure like please yeah i think you're right wrong. so that means when we when we eventually have to watch the dub, <laughs> we have to do a hundred twenty-three episodes. You make it sound like episodes. a chore. That it'll be awesome. The dub is fantastic. You're right. You're right. <laughs> In its own way. Yeah, I didn't remember like anything of this episode, but uh, I, I thought I don't know why this is a pretty solid case. I won't get too far into how I feel, but uh, let's kick it off here. The Conan's hint for this part is spotlight so keep an eye on the spotlight calling will do and we have a new opening here this is truth a great detective of love by two mix so do you think <laughs> that's referring to kogoro absolutely who else would it be referring to the great detective of love it's because look kogoro as we got told off by Megary, Kogoro refers to himself as the great detective now. He really does. And uh, Conan has a new introduction here for the episodes. He says, alibis, codes, tricks, deals, a mysterious black organization. Uh, what do you think about this new theme song? 
Uh, so this is actually one of my favorite Conan openings. Granted, I haven't seen all of them yet, but out of the, I don't know, 20 or odd ones I've seen, this is one of my favorites. I actually have the full version of the song on my phone, and it has a lovely instrumental at the beginning, and it's like five and a half minutes long, but I listen to it regularly. That's how much I like the song. And I really like the the visuals here. We get to see quite a few characters. We even see mm-hmm. Hibara early. Which is kind of a spoiler. Yeah. They should have waited a few episodes to uh, debut yeah, it. No but I guess kidding. you're kind of like, who is this woman? So you're just yeah. confused there. I like. I enjoyed how uh, they go. They put Heiji in there. They put Kaido Kid, and then they have Hybara. So it's like you've got like these three almost also important characters. Even though Kaido Kid, I don't know how many times he appears in this arc. If you want, well, it's a long arc, but. He's not that regular. We see Haibara and Heiji a lot more than Kaido Kid. So you say you listen to this song quite a bit often, but have you ever looked up the lyrics in English? Uh, I don't think so, but I have a feeling you're about to tell me what they are. Quest for love, quest for dream, quest for all truth, because only the dream hidden in your eyes won't be taken away by anyone. Vividly now. Embrace the truth. Quest for love, quest for dream. In your smile you hide the scars of a cold heart. You're gripping tightly onto pieces of glass. Even if you lied to yourself, you can't become grown up. Just because in only your earnest feeling, whatever kind of sadness and pain, I only want to share it with myself, even among crowds of people. Uh, Quest for love, quest for dream, quest for all truth. (laughs) Uncontrollable enthusiasm. Draws out the future that I aimed for, because the answer equals your own self. Uh, they then say, because only the dream hidden in your eyes won't be taken away by anyone. Vividly now, embrace the truth. Uh, this keeps on going for a lot more, so I'm going to stop it there. <laughs> a but, lot uh, more about the, truth. Uh, yeah, you get the get the gist of it. I love how this is, like, you could probably use this theme for any type of genre of anime like put it on slap it on a fantasy magic type of anime and it'll still work but it just i guess it works for a detective show they talk about truth a lot so why not conan says our stage for today is a party vips stay alert (laughs) yeah they better stay alert have you ever been a vip at a party calling no very important person no not at a party like maybe at a, a store where hair salon or something but not at a party i don't wait you're why are you a very important person at a hair salon oh (laughs) i mean it's a really dumb story but um i had an appointment uh before this whole like coronavirus quarantine stuff started i had an appointment um at a hair salon and then they of course closed and they were like oh we're gonna call you to reschedule at some point in the future and when we reached that point, my hairstylist called me personally. She's like, oh, I noticed that you're on the list and I just wanted to call you to make sure that you got in like as one of the first people. So I then told her, oh, I feel like such a VIP. And she's like, oh, you are. So that was my little VIP moment at a hair salon. But it, it's really not much more than that. A thrilling mystery we just solved, the case of yeah, Colleen and I the think VIP that's, hairdresser. That's enough mystery so. for one uh, case reopened up. Yeah, we can, we can end it here. We can 
go with this two-parter <laughs> next week. Uh, so we'll see you guys next time. Bye. Bye. <laughs> yeah, we're kidding. Hopefully. Tyler, you're still there, right? See, if you had only said your kicker, that last sentence, then we could have <laughs> finally ended it. I could have got away with a quick 10-minute podcast. Would have had to do almost no editing. It would have been perfect. We wouldn't do that to our listeners. I though. would. Just you wouldn't. Okay. Let's make that very clear. <laughs> if I was just doing the podcast by myself, it would probably just be five minutes each episode. I think that would work. Just like Tyler's thoughts on this episode. No, no, like recap. No, nothing. You're just like Conan solved it. Was, it was, it was, all it was right. good. <laughs> it was I. <aight. laughs> so the episode kicks off with the Mori family at an event hall. Ron says that she was able to get food despite the long line because a kind man let her go first. What a gentleman. That the person that let her through is a president of a dye company, and he points out how his fingers are stained. So I really like this little scene here where Conan is kind of like flexing his muscle here. It's very Shinichi-like. It reminds me of that very first episode where he's talking about the gymnast, and even though he, he didn't just look up somebody's skirt this time. <laughs> No, there are not a lot of skirt wearers around, I'm afraid. He's just looking at people's fingers now. Ron wonders how Conan knows that he's a president, and he explains that his right hand is tan, but his left isn't, which means he plays a lot of golf. Kokoro then pushes his way to meet a sumo wrestler that he thinks is named Kaze Kabuto, and he asks for an autograph. However, the sumo yells at Kokoro for saying his name wrong, because he's actually Kaze Iwato. Kagura apologizes, and then it cuts to him reflecting on it while scarfing down some food. He's definitely comfort eating here. He says it's difficult to tell sumo wrestlers apart without their loincloths. Can you relate to that issue, Colleen? <laughs> um, no, <laughs> I don't think I can. What I loved about this part, though, is like I'm pretty sure Kogoro came up to the guy and he's just like, I'm one of your biggest fans, and then he doesn't even know the guy's name. It's pretty great. <laughs> Kagero is really a character in this episode. Like they really just put his personality up to up to ten for this one. Yeah, yeah. It was almost like No, I'm actually I was gonna say it's almost sickening, but no, it wasn't. It was fantastic. <laughs> Ron is embarrassed at how loudly her father is eating, but he says that someone gave him a ticket to this party in place of his service fee, so he has to eat as much as possible to get his money's worth. That's when an attractive secretary named Tanaka Yukiko comes by, and she recognizes Kogoro and asks for a moment of his time. Obviously, Kogoro obliges, and he says that they can get married as well if she'd like. He's just coming on real strong to this woman. <laughs> and the thing is, as far as, like, detective Conan women go, I didn't think she was, like, the hottest girl, but, like, Kogoro's head over heels here. Yeah. It was obvious that uh, the writers for this one really wanted to... Um, just exploit that side of Kogoro. Because, I mean, we get our fair share of womanizing Kogoro in, like, the manga cases, but this just was laid on so thick, and I guess it made sense that he was so crazy about this girl because he kind of followed her around everywhere. I mean, he eventually got a job out of it, but uh, if he wasn't as crazy about her, I don't know if it would have played off as well. He meets her boss, Ishimoto Seiji, a president of a company that produces precision devices found in airplanes and computers. Turns out that the president received a threat saying that you've lost whatever value you have left as a person. I'll make sure to kill you myself. See, I just get the messages I get 
They just say you've lost whatever value you have as a person, and it ends there. I don't get the death threat part, because people are just like, you're worthless, but not to the point where I'm going to kill you. You're not worth my time. Yeah. Basically. Oh. And what do you do with those notes? Well, I hang them on the fridge so everybody can see. Obviously. That's... What else are you to do with that? I then ask the detective to figure out who wrote it. So Ron and Conan go back to their game where they're guessing professions, and she asks Conan if he knows what a tall man does nearby, and he says that an important person is bowing to him, so he must be superior. The man then accidentally drops an object and quickly stuffs it into his pocket while exchanging business cards. Conan then correctly guesses that the man, named Nikura Tsunaki, is a secretary of a well-known politician. Conan then points out a man in glasses in the corner and says that he doesn't belong here, as he's just been spying on everyone since he arrived. Conan just hating on the goth guys, huh? He doesn't like these cool emo guys that are depressed in the corner just standing <laughs> there the whole time. No, because he's a preppy soccer player. Of course he doesn't go for the goth guy. Kegura learns that Ishimoto doesn't have any enemies, and is told that they didn't contact the police about the threat because he doesn't respect them. You know... Ishimoto doesn't have a ton of a character, but I really like how much he hates the place. He's really, he's really on a 2020 vibe. He's really ahead of his time. <laughs> yeah, you really, uh, you really, um, resonated with that, didn't you? <laughs> Yukiko says that she understands both the police and Kogoro, and that she specifically chose him after searching for a detective. So, I thought this entire case that Yukiko was the culprit. And just because she had said that um, she had picked him, and I was so certain, like, throughout this entire case, that she was involved. And I, I just felt so dumb when she wasn't. Did you ever feel that? Like, was I just out of left field? Was I trying to oh. blame women? Uh, Well, I mean, you always do that. But uh, I think that <laughs> the case definitely was gearing us towards um, seeing Yukiko as the culprit and then also her boyfriend. Because even that part when Yukiko and Kogoro are drinking cola, and then I think it was Kogoro that's retelling the story, it really made it sound like she put something in his drink to make him fall asleep. Yes, I and thought she drank I'm still them. not yeah. convinced that she didn't. Yeah, yeah. So she still might have done that. <laughs> I'm not quite sure. But yeah, I was I was with you for like the first, I don't know, even half, like the first part of the episode. I'm like, yep, yeah, I think it's her. She's uh, suspicious. Ultimately, you know, Kogoro was right. Somebody this beautiful couldn't be a killer. Yeah. Yeah. So, like, Kogoro got a few things right in that episode, this episode, and uh, that was one of them. <laughs> Kogoro agrees to take the case and says he'll have to remain in close contact with Ishimoto during it, while also thinking to himself that he can get closer to Yukiko as well. So, he obviously has an ulterior motive here. Yeah. I love how he doesn't see anything wrong with that. He's just like, oh, Yukiko. Like, I I don't know if he thought that she was using him or if I just like uh, reflected those feelings off on Kogoro when I thought that she drugged him. But the fact that the entire time, the only reason he took the job was to be near Yukiko when he <laughs> found out that she was actually going to sleep at home. He was so disappointed. Like, how how is he not seeing that he's just as much using her as she possibly used him you know he's happy to be used you know that's Kogoro's ideal relationship right there he wants to be used yeah you'd, 
Maybe. I guess I always saw Kogoro as the dominant one, but maybe I'm wrong there. A woman wearing bunny ears, which Kogoro surely would have liked, asks Conan to take his picture as a souvenir. So he drags Ron, so they take a photo together near the mysterious man in glasses. Ishimoto tells Kogoro that it's possible he hurt someone unwillingly at some point, but this obviously isn't his fault. I like how this rich guy's just like, yeah, I have no enemies, uh, never hurt anybody, I don't know why I'm being targeted. Right. Uh, totally innocent. Until, I actually thought that it was, like, I jumped around from character to character thinking, okay, this these people are in it, on in on it together, then I thought it was Ishimoto, so I was all over the place. So, for a sec, for a little while, I thought he was the guilty party. Presentation at the event begins, and they welcome Takata Masao, who's a high-ranking politician, to the stage. We learn that the tall man from earlier is the secretary, and Conan boasts about his guests being correct. As the politician walks around the crowd to the stage, Ron is impressed at how the spotlight is able to follow him in the darkness, and Conan says that he was likely told where to stand or it's tracking his microphone. I didn't know that uh, you could have that done with a... Uh, spot like like it follows around automatically a microphone of all things because i just i don't know yeah maybe i just didn't think a microphone would have like a tracking device on it or whatever yeah i didn't know that either and in fact i didn't even catch conan saying this in the first place so later on when he brings it up again i'm like huh well that would have been nice to know i could probably figure <laughs> that out at some point <laughs> but <laughs> Conan also remarks that the politician is not walking directly towards the stage and notices that the mysterious man is gone. When he passes by Ishimoto, a gun goes off and it hits him in the arm and goes into Takata's chest, killing him. The lights come back on and people begin panicking. That's when Conan notices the mysterious figure near the spotlight above. He tries to chase after him, but he's already gone. What do you think about this murder? It's all quick and sudden. Yeah, it was, uh, I mean... I didn't for once think for one second think it was, you know, a guy like an actual sniper. I, I knew there was some sort of trick involved. But uh yeah, it just there's a lot of stuff, a lot of questions coming up in my head, like was it really Ishimoto that was the target or was it the politician? I thought it was the politician at that point and Ishimoto was just sort of there but he wasn't, it wasn't actually to kill him. So yeah, anyways, it, it was uh, pretty interesting. Um, especially since you're at this VIP party, like a bunch of politicians and uh, athletes and bigwig presidents. So I guess you're thinking, well, maximum security, obviously, but uh, maybe not. So here's a question I have for you, Colleen. Say that he didn't shoot the politician and he shot the sumo guy from earlier. Do you think it goes enough through his belly to prove fatal? Do you think it just gets stopped a few feet in? Here's the thing with this sumo. Like, I didn't, I couldn't tell he was even a sumo wrestler because he didn't have the physique that I would normally associate with a sumo wrestler. So it might have gone through this guy, but a traditional sumo wrestler like maybe you know in in season if you will maybe that would just bounce off of him kagura talks to megari and says that the bullet that was meant to hit ishimoto missed him and killed takata instead 
Kagi says he's gathered all the guests in the next room, and Ron admonishes Conan for wandering off. He then tells Kogoro that he saw someone suspicious and shows him the picture he took with Ron. Kogoro says that he even looks like a killer and is sure that they found the culprit. He wasn't too wrong here. This was like a mass criminal, at the very least. Yeah, but was he... I mean, he was, he was a blackmailer. Did they say that he also killed people? Well, I think he was an accessory to murder now, at the very least. Right. Yeah, that's a, that's a good point. So he wasn't above it, you know? <laughs> if you're going to blackmail a ton of people, you're probably not <laughs> I above I mean, murder. if the price was right. Yeah. Conan then goes over to the corpse and finds shards from the mini microphone that Takato was wearing as the bullet hit it. Ron retrieves the problem child, but he wanders off once again after seeing Kiko. He's like, this is a really funny scene. He's like, I have to go to the bathroom. And Ron looks directly to her left in the bathrooms right there. She's like, what bathroom is he going to? Yeah, it was, it was priceless. And like, I don't know if it's now that this sort of running gag. No, it probably started before, like the running gag of Conan having to go to the bathroom every five minutes, essentially. Hey, yeah. small kids have small bladders. Exactly. He says that Shinichi's just not used to it because he's he's had a practically full adult bladder for a long time. Kenan says that Yukiko looks anxious, and we see her talking to a man with long hair that then walks off. Conan tries to follow the man but loses him, and Conan finds it odd that she'd meet with this man after her boss almost died. So, yeah, they really do paint Yukiko as uh, quite the mysterious murderous character yeah for the first little while i thought that guy in the ponytail was the same guy who was brooding in the at the party like i did too up against the wall yeah they look very similar okay (laughs) because i didn't know if he had a ponytail or not ishimoto finishes being questioned by the police and asked to go home but kogoro tells him to go to the police hospital However, Yukiko says that they won't go to the police, and that they have a private hospital they prefer to use. She then says Kogoro will protect Ishimoto, and he agrees to stay with him. Meguri then tells Kogoro that they looked through the guest book, and the man in the photo wasn't invited to the event. And that's when Kogoro leaves in a car with Yukiko and the president. There's a funny scene where he tries to sit next to Yukiko, and she's like, No, I think we should both sit on the sides of the president, don't you think? And he's like, Yeah. I guess. <laughs> what I loved about this part, in addition to that, was that there's no scene that showed Kogro talking to, like, his own daughters, that, you know, go home by yourself. He just, like, leaves with these random people and leaves Ron and Conan to fend for themselves. Ron and Conan are set to head home when Conan disappears yet again. He runs upstairs to where the spotlight is and says that with so many guests it would have been difficult to shoot somebody unless they were a trained professional. Kunda then notices scratches and an adhesive substance on the spotlight. So once you see hear about the radio and then you hear this, it comes pretty obvious that like a gun was attached to it. So at least for me, if you hear the first thing about the radio, I guess not so much for you. <laughs> right i was like huh, how did how did they move that gun around i don't know kogoro arrives at the private hospital which looks more like a hotel suite it really is like the sweetest digs man like if you're gonna if you're gonna get shot this is the place to recover it was super nice and for the last little while i forgot that it was a hospital it 
I thought it was like his apartment. <laughs> Kagura stays in an adjacent room that is right before the only hallway to where Ishimoto is staying. Yukiko says that the president runs the company by himself, so that if something happened to him, the company would be done for. Kagura asks where Yukiko is staying, since there's only one bed. But sadly, she's going home to sleep, much to Kagura's disappointment. He was very excited that there was only one bed, and then very saddened. I don't... Like, that's the dumbest assumption to make, though. Kogoro, like, did he really think that she was going to stay the night there? I don't know, maybe he was planning on offering her the bed and he would sleep on the chair, as he did anyways. And also, like, what makes this even funnier is she never comes on to him at all. Like, she's never really that flirty with him or anything. We've definitely seen girls flirt with Kogoro more throughout the series. She's really not that into him, and he's just... I think that just makes him want her even more. Mm -hmm. Yeah, for sure. And I, what I liked about her in particular was that although she wasn't flirty, she wasn't uh, like uh, inviting his, uh, per, his, his what what can I call it? Like his admiration for her. At the end, when he uh, he gets a letter from her and she's just like, oh, me and my boyfriend are going to try and work it out. And Kogoro's all depressed. I was just like, huh, so Yukiko did know that Kogoro had a thing for her. She was just, I guess, being polite towards him. Ishimoto comes out and brags about his fancy room and tells Yukiko to take care of the Takata issue. She explains to Kogoro that Ishimoto is paying for the funeral and giving cons consolation money to the politician's family since he died instead of him. This is actually a, a very nice gesture. Yeah, I like that they added that uh, in the episode. I assume it's a, like it was meant to be as a cultural addition, but it just seemed like it was happening in the real world. Like it was a nice real life touch. She says that she has an appointment with the politician's secretary, Nikura, later, and that she can stay with Kogoro just for a bit. Kogoro asks her why she chose him as the detective, and she says that she wanted somebody that was charismatic, and he was their only choice. So this is where I got, like, really suspicious. Because, <laughs> like, what the hell does that- why do you need a detective to be charismatic? So I figured, like, she had gotten a tip that, like, he was easy to manipulate and, like, around, like, attractive women. So I thought, like, she was just playing up that. And, like, because I thought for sure she was evil. But she winds up not being in the culprit. So what the hell was she thinking here? Why was she, like, so set on finding a charismatic... <laughs> I guess maybe just because he's he has appeared on TV, he's done shows and stuff. Maybe she was just a fan of his? Is, is that what you think that boils down to? Uh, that's... I didn't even read it that like that that she was his fan. It, it just seemed like they bumped into each other, and she's like, "Oh, you." It's the other part that is making me laugh. Like, "Oh, you were our only choice. Like, you're the only one around, so we chose you." But okay, so you think she's just like talking him up? I yeah yeah for this little part, I did because if anything, you want a detective that's less charismatic, so they can just blend in and go about their their business and trying to sneak around and find clues and whatnot like a charismatic one would just uh, draw too much attention to themselves i would think they share some cola at first kegger was like i'll take a bear and then he realizes that work and he's like a cola <laughs> yeah 
It was cute. The phone then rings for Koguro, who answers by proclaiming that he's the great detective Mori Koguro. Meguri then answers, and he calls him arrogant for saying that, and he reveals that they found the criminal record of the man in the picture. His name is Hiraoka Shiru, and he specializes in uncovering trade secrets and then using them for blackmail. He's likely blackmailing Ishimoto, who refused to pay, and then targeted his life. We learn about the the criminal here. Did you ever think it was just straight up him? Did you? Because it, it seems too obvious, and even Conan's like, "Well, this is too obvious." Yeah, no, I thought he was definitely um, hired by somebody. Also, is this the part when um, when they cut to the police station? Megri's like at his desk calling Kogro, and is that is it the scene? Because we ought to, we get a cameo, or I guess I would like to think it's a cameo. Um, so if it is the scene, in fact, uh, Takagi and, uh, another officer is there, uh, who we haven't actually been introduced to, but I think from, you know, we, we just see her, her back and whatnot, but it kind of looked like Sato. Sato? Sato? Yeah. I did see her and I was like, oh, are they introducing her now? But she never talks or anything. So maybe it's just like an early tease. To uh, the yeah. character we we learn to know and love us, yeah. She's one of my favorites. Yeah, absolutely. Did she have a similar start like Takagi? Did she start in the anime? Or I don't think so. I think I guess I think I... Takagi's like the okay. only very unique character there. I don't think uh, Seda is the same, but I could be wrong. Okay. Finally, back at the detective agency, we see Conan watching a television show where a villain named Snake throws a gun at a man, and he says, I'll give you one final shot at defeating me. The two dive for the gun, and they shoot at each other, and Snake does wind up getting shot, but it winds up being done by another man who is standing behind a pillar. It's very dramatic, and Conan figures out the case from that, and he says that the true culprit has been misleading us the entire time but he doesn't have the evidence that he needs to prove it. So what do you think about this whole thing where a person thinks they shoot somebody, but they didn't actually do it? It reminded me of that one case, the one with the cranes, because that one guy thought he killed the old man by accident, but he didn't do it. Yeah. Oh, that's true. Uh, There's actually another case uh, that's coming up in, I don't know, 100 episodes or so, where... Um, multiple people think that they committed a crime, so they all uh start confessing to it. So I don't know. I think it's really interesting when somebody um misunderstands and thinks that they commit a crime, and then um and ends up not being that way at all. Uh, but actually, this scene. So a few things were running through my head. When Cone is watching this, first of all, this kind of took the place of the detective boys. You know how he sometimes uh, will get like subtle clues from them just accidentally and that'll help him solve the case. So this was very much like I felt that the TV show had a purpose, a similar purpose in this episode. And then the other part was how the guy, um, like some other guy ended up just in the TV show itself. Some other guy ended up shooting the villain. And probably the guy who was being attacked thought it was him. I think we never actually see the resolution, but that reminded me of, and I'm going way back 
for a reference, but to Disney's Robin Hood, there's a scene where the little bunny rabbit boy uh, shoots an arrow and he thinks he hits a bad guy, but it was actually Robin Hood standing behind him. So it made me think of that. The next morning, Kagura is loudly snoring while the phone rings and Ishimoto yells at him. He then answers the call and is told by Meguri that Hiroka Shiru was found dead. It's said that he slipped and fell down the stairwell of an abandoned house, hitting his head. That's kind of like the I fell down the stairs of excuses. Like nobody, no criminal mastermind is actually dying <laughs> that way. Yeah. Imagine one of these days it happens, though. It makes you think like all these accidents that happen, are they really accidents? Exactly. Everything's actually a murder. There's no accidents. There's no accidental deaths. At least in the Conan universe, that's how it works. No, there, there's always something up. The police don't know if it's an accident or not yet, but they find a gun tucked away in his pants. Conan then wakes up and he overhears Kogoro telling Ron that he can't come home until he's sure that Ishimoto will be alright. Ron informs Conan that Hiroka was found dead and that the police believe it's an accident. Conan says that isn't the case and that it's a murder, as the real culprit killed Hiraoka since he knew the secret. He vows to find the thread of truth as the episode ends. So what do you think about the, the first episode here? Were you invested in the case? Were you... Did you ha how much had you figured out? <laughs> I didn't have it totally figured out, because as we've mentioned, I missed a very key clue in this earlier episode so i was still like gee i don't know how the spotlight managed to follow the guy um but i was pretty invested in the case i was leaning towards yukiko and the ponytail guy who i guess we don't find out in this episode maybe it's in the next one we find out it's her boyfriend uh i thought they were in on it like it was some elaborate scheme but i didn't know what the motive would have been but in the, at the same time, in the back of my mind, I had um, other people um, sort of pegged as the culprit, especially the the secretary of the politician. I was like, why would they bother keeping him around? So, yeah, it was I was still not quite sure of the outcome. Uh, I was pretty excited to f continue on. Um so yeah, I I thought it was a strong first part. Yeah, you know, I feel like a lot of two-parters, especially um, some of the early ones, have had some pacing issues, but I thought this was excellent. I thought this ended at the right point. There was still a good bit of mystery left. Uh, I had figured out the stuff with the gun being attached to the spotlight and it homing in on the microphone. But, you know, I still, I didn't have it all figured out. I think my theory at this point was that because we get the next kind of intent here, it's remote control. So I was thinking, okay, so that's what that guy dropped earlier. And so, like, yeah. so I thought, oh, maybe the secretary is working with the um, Yukiko. I thought, like, maybe they're both trying to get rid of their bosses, and maybe that was just their whole thing. But I, I really didn't know all the things. I was like, where does this other guy come into it? Uh, the guy that just died, I was like, why did he die? So I didn't have it all figured out, but th that was kind of what I was going with. I was like, oh, they must have teamed up, try to get it through. And then later on, another guy has the, winds up in possession of the remote. And I was like, 
maybe he stole it because he knows Yukiko did it and it winds up being her boyfriend. And I was like, oh, maybe he stole it to protect her. And uh, but that was also wrong. So uh, a lot of, a lot of theories were going on. You know, it's a good mystery when you're, you have all these different theories going on in your head while you're watching. So I think that's a sign of a good two-parter where you have a lot of different theories going on and it shows you're invested in the case. Yeah, agreed. So now we're on episode 125 of Mysterious Sniper Murder Case Part 2. This aired on November 23rd, 1998. Conan tracks down Kogoro and Meguri, who are at Ishimoto's company. He then spots Nikura leaving with a briefcase. The police question Ishimoto, who says he doesn't know who Hiraoka is at first, and then comes clean. He says that he was threatened by Hiraoka over a secret account, and that he demanded a billion yen from him. He refused to pay the ransom, as he says that if you give them money once, they'll want more later. That's why I don't go on first dates, Colleen. Because once a woman gets one dinner, they want two, and it just keeps adding up. Yeah, it's like they want to keep eating. Imagine that. So that's why he asked Kogoro to protect him, although he never thought he'd cause Takata's death. Ishimura then says that Nikura told him not to let Takata die in vain, and that he should tell the police everything he knows. Conan is then spotted opening the door to the office, and he says that Ron told him to bring Kogoro new clothes, so he has a nice cover and doesn't get his head bashed in this time. I find it really weird, though. That why wouldn't Ron just come deliver the clothing? But I guess. It's just to keep the plot going. Meguri tells Ishimoto to come with him to the police station, and Kagura is relieved from his guard duties, which means he won't get to see Yukiko anymore. So he's very bummed out. <laughs> I really thought you were going down a different path. I thought you were going to say something like, oh, he won't get to see Yukiko naked. Too bad. Well, that either. He definitely doesn't get to see that. Right. I mean, it didn't come off as he even had a chance of that. Kegura bemoans his bad luck, and Conan says that Hiraoka's luck is even worse, as he tried to shoot Ishimoto and missed, and then he fell to his death. Talk about having a bad day. <laughs> yeah. Crime doesn't pay. Kegura says that there are too many coincidences, and that he might have had an accomplice, and he was killed due to his failure. So Kegura is putting it together. He then says that Ishimoto must still be in danger, and then runs off towards him yelling for Yukiko. That his work isn't finished. So he just like put this together so he could find a way to stay by her side. It's like I'm back in action. As Kegre runs down the hallway, he bumps into the man with long hair and apologizes. Ken is looking through the president's room and hides in the closet when the man enters. He looks through several drawers and then leaves with the remote control. Conan wonders what the remote is for and what his relationship is with Yukiko. Conan has a breakthrough, and he sneaks into the abandoned building where Hiraoka died. He says that since Hiraoka is a blackmailer, he likely concealed some important evidence. Conan finds a hole in the flooring and finds something, but the scene abruptly cuts to Ron, running the vacuum while Kogoro is depressed. <laughs> I hate when they do this, though, when they Conan has that information that we don't. Cause it feels like a feels like a cheap way of not letting the crowd figure it out. Yeah, no, I feel the same way. And Ron, uh, being a domestic goddess yet again, just want to point that out. Kanan returns home, and Kagura says that he's no longer needed since Ishimoto is with the police, and that he wants to closely guard Yukiko now. 
gosh, he's obsessed with this woman. Yeah, both Conan and Ron have, like, had enough. Their faces here are so funny. I'll use this for the podcast image. They're just like, dude, <laughs> what is wrong with you? Oh, gosh. I, I think I probably, like, those faces are what I felt on the inside. Megary arrives at the detective agency and wants to confirm how long Yukiko stayed at the hospital. Kigura says that after drinking cola and talking to Megari on the phone, he got dazed and fell asleep, and he didn't wake up until Megari called the next morning, and he never saw Yukiko there. So, Kigura has no clue where she left, and it seems so much that she drugged him here. Cause he's, but, but, you know, you think that, but then you're also like, Kigura is exactly the type to just fall asleep while on an important job <laughs> and be completely out for hours on end. Yeah. You'd think that his reputation would go down at one point once people realize this. Because even the, the guy he was guarding, he, the phone starts ringing and he like comes out and he yells at Kogro for not picking it up. And then he's on, like sleeping on the job. So you'd think that the guy would have uh, clued in that, oh, maybe this isn't as great of a detective or at least a bodyguard as he thought Kogro would be. Megari says Yukiko had plenty of time to kill Hiraoka. Kogoro finds that ridiculous, asking, how could someone as pretty as Yukiko kill Hiroka? Yeah. I mean, as you could probably imagine, I get asked that all the time. How could someone as pretty as you, Colleen, possibly kill that mosquito? Sure, you do. So, uh, <laughs> Megary says that they can't confirm if his death was an accident or a murder, but he has to explore every possibility. He also reveals that she has a boyfriend named Shibata Kenichi, which shocks Kogoro, and you can kind of see a little part of him die inside. Oh, I, I really thought that Kogoro found his one true love there. He says that Shibata's father committed suicide due to the company he owned being brought down by Ishimoto. So it's only natural that Shibata has a grudge against him, and it's not a stretch that his girlfriend would hate him as well. Conan asks about what Shibata looks like, and Megari shows him a picture, and it's the guy with the long hair, so we finally know who he is. Kegura says that he's seen him before in the hallway, and he tells Megari to bring everybody involved in the case to the event hall where they were at. He declares that the great detective Mori Kogoro shall solve the mystery of this case for you. Ha 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 ha! <laughs> yes the infamous wide open mouth laugh with the tongue sticking out Nikura complains about being dragged here as he had a lot of work to do after Takata's death and Shibata says he has nothing to do with the case Kegura then arrives and he says that he knows who the real culprit is as Hiraoka was just used by the actual killer he points at Shibata and says that he wanted to avenge his father's suicide and that he hired Hiraoka, but after he failed to kill Ishimoto, he murdered him. Shibata says that while he hates Ishimoto and was at the party, he's never met Hiraoka, and he went straight to work after the event, so he has an alibi that can be backed up by multiple people. Conan calls Kogoro hopeless, and then knocks him out with his wristwatch dart. <laughs> the way we always knew. I really thought that Kogoro was going to take this one. I thought the... the deduction would be done by him and that was it you were like man he loves this woman enough he'll be able to figure it out but no he just wants to make her single again 
Yeah, I guess true love did not prevail. After placing the speaker on him, Conan says through Kogoro that he was joking about Shibata and will reveal the true culprit, that classic Kogoro humor where he's like, yeah, wasn't it funny when I accused that guy of murder? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, I don't think it was funny for anybody, especially the guy being accused, but th thanks for coming out, Kogoro. <laughs> it really is just ridiculous, and it happens over and over and over again. I'm not complaining, though. Like, as much as it's reused, uh, I, I don't get tired of it. <laughs> is that bad? No, no, no. It's, it's always still funny. You know, Kogoro, as much as he fails, he's still entertaining. And it makes a few times when he yeah. does, like, solve Even a case. 900 episodes later. Yeah, it makes the parts where he does solve a case, like, all the more worthwhile and important. Yeah, that's right. Not this one, though. <laughs> no, definitely not this one. He has them all return to where they were standing last night, and he has Megari play Takata. I love this part. Megari then attaches the microphone to his suit. And Shibata is told to stand against the wall. The lights are turned off and the spotlight immediately shines on Megari. Conan then tells Takagi that he wants him to go to the lighting control box. Conan then walks up to Shibata and asks if he has the remote control on him as Kogoro has already seen through everything. Conan says that when he gives the signal, Shibata is to use the remote. So, poor, poor, <laughs> poor Takagi is going to get framed for murder here. And this starts a long line of Takagi doing stuff and making it look like he's the culprit. Yeah. Really does. He's just like the the lackey, the the errand boy for Megari. So he does just that and a gun goes off firing a blank. Conan says that the real bullet grazed Ishimoto's shoulder and killed Takata. The lights are turned on and Takagi is shown by the spotlight which has a gun attached to it. Megari blames Takagi for shooting the gun but he explains that it's attached to a remote control device that pulls the trigger. Turns out that Hiraoka never fired the gun. It was attached to the light the whole time. So what do you think about this? Was this when you finally figured out about the light? You were like, oh, okay. So, yeah, I knew that the gun was somehow attached to the spotlight. I just couldn't figure out how they were moving it. Um, so, yeah, I was like, oh, that's nifty to know. Like, that would have been a great clue to know earlier on to figure this out so the rest of the world knew but i didn't um i guess i was a little surprised just because i mean i'm not i'm not very uh informed on lighting technology at event halls so i didn't realize that, that something like this existed that you could like just follow along with a microphone uh so that, that's pretty cool yeah, they say, they say um, it's very top of the line. Yeah, in 1998 or whatever. Yeah, I, I, I can only imagine what they have now. Uh, I It also made me wonder, like, why would you need Hiroka then? I guess he was there to retrieve the gun, like detach it from the spotlight. Uh, yeah, was, and then ultimately yeah, he's so. he's to be framed, you know? Okay, right. Yeah, I guess I guess it was easier to have him actually be up there. Like, it, I, yeah, so it wouldn't be enough just to have him show up at the party. He actually had to have been up on the 
balcony where the spotlights were. Although, you know, it's a good point. Like, how did you sell him on getting up there? Maybe you just tell him to go up there or something, and he panicked and grabbed the gun. I think that's kind of a, you know, who knows. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but it was a pretty neat trick. The culprit just had to time the shot correctly, as it was always aiming at Takata. Turns out that the threat to Ishimoto was a red herring, and that the real target was always the politician. Shibata then decides to play detective, and he blames Ishimoto as the killer. <laughs> He's as good as a detective yeah, as Koguro. Just, like, takes over the detection. Oh, <laughs> yeah. He says that he has evidence and shows off the remote control that he found in Ishimoto's company. He says that he was in on the whole thing with Hiraoka, that the threat was fake. However, that isn't the case. Kagura says that Nikura led Takata near Ishimoto, which he could have never guaranteed. Nikura then asks why the remote was found in the president's office, and Kagura asks if everybody else heard what he did. Shibata picks up on this, and he says that he only said that he found the remote at Ishimoto's company and never specified the office. Kagura says that Nikura has dug himself a hole and that he's the culprit, so a little slip of the tongue here. I love all these people's reactions, too, when, uh, whenever Conan uh, told Shibata that his reasoning was wrong, he's like, oh, Nani? And then when Nikura was, fra- like, it was said that he was the, cul- the, yeah, the culprit, he, he, like, stares up at the sky, like, oh, I didn't take, I touched the battery, and, oh. The motive is that he was dubbed by everyone as Takata's successor, but he wasn't going to retire soon. He grew impatient and worked with Hiraoka to kill him, then killed Hiraoka at the abandoned building to guarantee his silence. He searched for the motor, which Hiraoka had hidden in the floor's crack, but he couldn't find it, so he placed the remote control in Ishimoto's office to frame him just in case they had found that. Nakura says this is all ridiculous and asks for proof. Kogoro says that while he's a professional and that he probably removed the fingerprints on the outside of the remote... He also touched the battery when he dropped it, so his fingerprints should be there. That's when Nakura breaks down and realizes he's been caught. So, Kikuro, uh yeah. and Conan really lucked out quite a bit here. <laughs> Absolutely. Just the fact that Conan picked up on that, because he, he spotted uh, Nakura dropping the remote, but to remember that it had actually opened and he put the battery back in like that was insane i was just like oh good for you conan yeah i definitely didn't pick up on that yeah i was just like oh okay how convenient that that actually happened um but i did kind of suspect nikura at one point so for the the longest time i thought it was like the the, the couple that was in in on it but the fact that they kept nikura in the narrative was really telling i found like why else would they bother keeping him uh if he wasn't involved in the the crime yeah i thought nikura was definitely involved at that point but i thought he was like with another main character that was still alive like that he was you know working with somebody but he he wound up doing it by himself and just working with Hiraoka for that bit before he killed him so that that, that was a surprise to Mm -hmm. me yeah, I thought his motive was really poor, though. Like, couldn't he just wait? I know he got impatient or whatnot, but couldn't he just wait, like, five years? The politician would have probably croaked by then. Hey, man. If 
five years or doing 60 in jail. It's a hard choice. <laughs> right. Yeah, exactly. So he he's not ever going to end up where he wanted to be. After the ending song, Kagero gets a letter from Yukiko, and he's depressed as it says she's starting over with Shibata. Ron says she wishes her mom and dad would start over as well. And uh, Kagero cries out, this love ended too soon. <laughs> oh, That's when a beautiful woman enters the detective agency looking for help. And he's suddenly cheered up and says that I will help her out. And Kenner remarks that Kagero recovered too quickly. Oh, that Kogoro. So yeah, I thought that was a fun way to end the episode. I thought this was a really solid anime original. I thought the pacing was really good. I thought the core mystery was really interesting. I liked the trick with the spotlight and just the remote control. And there's a whole, a whole lot of areas this could have went through. Because I really thought the woman was involved at a point. Because it seemed like she was drugging Kogoro. And they they did a good job of making everybody look suspicious. Um, I thought this was a really solid case. And, you know, if we already did our top, our favorite anime originals, I feel like this would probably make my list. Okay, we'll make note of that, because I assume we will do that in the future at one point. What do you think about the case? No, I agree. I I thought it was a solid two-parter, uh, especially since it was an anime original. I thought the writing was really top-notch. Uh, like, the characterizations were really good. Even though uh, they laid it on really thick with Kogoro and his love for Yukiko, I thought it was still entertaining. I really thought it was clever at the beginning, uh, and you touched on this um, when uh, Conan was basically deducing everybody's occupation and what they did and whatnot. It was very Sherlock, um, very much uh, how he would say, oh, you know, like, this person's a doctor because he uses this kind of thread in his code or whatever. But I thought it was clever um, that they did it that way because we didn't really get a an introduction, like a, oh, hi, this is so-and-so, he works for this politician. So it was like we were, as the audience, learning about these characters through these uh, this little game that Conan was playing, otherwise we wouldn't have been inserted into that world and the characters were very much uh, at a distance from us. It was only until like the deduction show where the secretary like even talked to Kogoro, I think like at that point, I don't think they even uh, really conversed with him. So I, I thought that was a nice touch. Um, I uh, really liked the opening, like that kind of set the tone for me because I, I really enjoyed the opening song. So I think I was just like on a, happy high the entire time when i was watching this episode so it just made that much more enjoyable so the next conan's hint for next time is characters so the next week we'll watch the traveling drama troupe murder case part one and two so hopefully we get another solid two-part anime original episode yeah especially since uh we're introduced to a set of characters that actually they're reoccurring um, I think I've seen them three times now. Yeah, so we'll meet some new characters. And, uh, thanks everybody for listening. We'll be back next week. Bye. Bye, and remember, one truth always prevails. <laughs>